Is this the Tasmanian Devil? <laughs> and now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. Today we are going to cover uh, one of our top fives. We were mulling around a few things, and uh, I came up with a top five that I wanted to go uh, well. It, it was very broad, but we've narrowed it down to one um, publisher, and that is the, uh, you know, what we're going to call this. I, I'm calling it my top five favorite objects slash items or weapons or outfits. Things. Things in the DC universe. So that's that's where we're going tonight, today, tomorrow, or yesterday, depending on when you listen. Although I don't know how they can listen tomorrow because we already are in today. <laughs> and then tomorrow's just no wait. Yesterday is tomorrow's yesterday. Yeah, tomorrow's just your future yesterday. Anyway. Anyway. My brain hurts. <laughs> yeah, I was told there would not be temporal physics. I gotta say though, this this particular freaky five, when you first mentioned it, I thought, Oh, that'll be easy. And it yeah. wasn't wasn't as easy as I thought. No, it kicked my ass. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I struggled with this one. I started to add in why I like that or would that would I want that and how would I use it was what I started to put in. I just what was I, going, I was just going for kind of, kind of cool or fun. That was my criteria. Mhm. I I'm 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 hoping I don't think we're going to have too much overlap. I'm not 100% sure. I think I get the feeling my number one will be at least be on somebody else's list. Whether it's their number one or not, I don't know. But mm. I'll be surprised if it didn't make another list. And I, I didn't try any... not to go with obvious stuff because I figured some of the more obvious things might wind up on either of your lists. So my, my list is probably kind of more left field because mm-hmm. I was really trying to go for some deeper references on mine, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I I am curious. You know what? I think I'll uh, on my little sheet here. I'll uh, I'll write down what you guys pick too, in addition to mine, to see if we have a lot of overlap. So, so I'll keep be, track. You'll be the keeper tracker of. Yes, <laughs> the trapper keeper. Yes, trapper that's keeper. your official role. The time, the time trapper keeper. The time trapper keeper, I love it. <laughs> so, would you like me to go first, since I sure. picked this topic? This, this was your, yeah, it was your topic. You can uh, lead the way. All right. So, uh, I'll go. I didn't really put them in any specific order, 
but I will start with the fifth one on my list, and that would be the Lazarus pick. Is either that on your guys' list? Not on mine. I didn't even Not think of mine. it. I wish I had. It would have been on my list if I had, and I'm glad I didn't, actually. Uh, yeah, the Lazarus pick. You know, I could deal with uh, being a little crazy every now and then and being able to live forever and heal myself from some mortal wounds. I, it's just been always I just a neat topic. A not neat topic. A neat neat item, you know, that always kind of gets Razagul out of uh, out of whatever machinations he's gotten himself into. Although would this it, I think that Would it bother you that I, you'd come out just a little bit crazier each time? Nah. Nah. Because when you combine that with all the other things I chose, <laughs> everything would work out just fine. <laughs> because I'm kind of thinking if I had all all my five items together is what I'm thinking. You'll see where I went with this. Yeah, I don't think my yeah, five see, items go thing, together. That, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of is it's weird that DC doesn't seem to have any version of like the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, because that's the kind of thing I was trying to think of is like, what's the like the big, powerful Well, they did have, OK, in, they did have in the cosmic uh i mean in the jla um uh didn't JLA they have like Avengers the three crossover they, didn't had the they have the three a. things yeah the, the the bell the jar and the whatever the hell is that what you're talking about yes that's, that's exactly what i'm talking wow. about yeah i can't i cannot remember what the hell they're called or what what yeah but i i thought of that too but then i I couldn't remember it enough to to be able to talk about it without sounding like a dope. So I was like, eh, I'm going to skip that one. But yeah, that one that one could make the list. And so I certainly was like wasn't going to spend the time looking it up. Jar? Was that it? Was, <laughs> was one it? of them a wheel? Maybe I think was so. Was one of them a wheel? I think it was. Yeah. I think the you're right. Wheel in the sky keeps on turning. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, when Alan Parson was the villain. <laughs> I am the wheel in the sky. That's horrible. I'm just butchering. Hey, things. Bill, I got a quick question for you. Hey, not, Scott, not I might related, have an answer. Not related to anything other than the fact that you are a musical guru for this show, so you might know. Oh, the I answer. don't know about that. Is it actually like a law or something? Is it actually required that shoe stores play Tom Petty? Because it seems like every time I've been in a shoe store in the last, I don't know, 20 years, they're playing Tom Petty, and I just... I don't are are they playing specific Tom Petty songs or which which Tom Petty song are you hearing? Is it uh, I won't uh, back down? Is it don't come around here no more? <laughs> don't come around here. The one no I heard. More. Hey, the one I heard today. Yeah, the one I heard today. I couldn't tell you the name of it. I've heard it before, but I don't. It's not like one of the popular ones. You know what I mean? Like, you would I think a, sh- a sneaker store could do running down a dream. <laughs> Running down a dream or don't come around here no more because your feet stink. I'd say no. I like don't come around here no more. If I'd heard that one, I pro- it probably wouldn't even have like hit me that you know that I was hearing. I, I don't know. It's just I like that song a lot. But yeah, one of your theme, probably Kane. one of your theme songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, so Lazarus Pit. That's, that's my first on the list. Uh, Who's next? Right, my first is not really a. You mean your fifth or it my fifth? Matter. Well, okay. yeah, they're not really in a particular right, well, order for the most part. 
But my fifth one is, is less an actual weapon than more of a concept, because it's the anti-life equation. Ah, I don't have that either. Because to me, that was the closest I could come to uh, the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. That, you know, if, if Darkseid were to get the anti-life equation, it would change everything. Well, right. I mean, he did that in the deceased book. Do you remember that we covered back at Halloween? Yes, and then, I didn't, I, and I didn't care for it, <laughs> but it still made my list now. Scott, you weren't. Were you on that? I don't know if you were on that. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because you was the one that book that you had given me. Yeah, that's right. My bad. Sorry, I forgot. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> deceased. <laughs> Oh, I think you're lying. I am definitely lying because I did <laughs> not love it. I did not care for it. But I, you it's know, funny, I, you know. I I wonder now if it really would be that awesome if if Dark Side got the anti life equation because off the top of my head, the anti life equation stories I can think of both really suck. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if it, it's like I said, I think it's more conceptual than it is reality. Like, but I think the, the right. concept of the anti-life equation is pretty significant. Do you you guys hear the sound in the background? It sounds like Rocky punching meat. Well, <laughs> now, of course, now she stops. Okay, she stopped no, now be, because my because my daughter is tenderizing the chicken, so she's beating it with the mouth. Is that a shop. euphemism? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is she playing the theme song from Rocky? If she does, smack, 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 smack. I should o- o- open a door and tell her, hey, beat that chicken a little harder, would you? <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> they can't hear you in Saskatchewan. Why don't you beat that chicken a little harder? Beat that chicken. Beat the chicken. Beat the chicken now. No? Nothing? Well, I remember from, what was it? Penelope Benny Hill. Hold that tiger. Hold that tiger. That's what I thought you were doing. Uh, no, Scott's is from Penelope Pit Stop. Stop that pigeon. Oh, yes. Or actually Dick Dastardly. Yes. I thought there was Catch That, catch catch that, that pigeon. pigeon. Yes. Oh, Stop yeah, that okay. pigeon. He changed it a little bit. Oh. Artistic license. License my license, as long as I get my royalties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you guys are counting down five to one because I actually do sort of kind of have mine ranked. I definitely, my number one is definitely my number one. That's the only one that immediately came to my mind when you proposed this topic. The others, I had to really struggle to think of, of four others, but I think I got a pretty good list here. So anyway, from uh, going from five to one, my number five is the Legion Flight Ring. Oh, I have something close, but we'll discuss that when we get to it. Okay, Okay, I'm just, um, I'm a little thrown off. I thought it was DC villain weaponry. No, I just, no. Oh, it's just DC weaponry. Oh, I limited limited myself to villainous stuff. Yeah, see, I, I was a well, little, had, I'll be honest with you. Next time we're gonna we're gonna have to call for a little more clarification because I I interpreted what I saw was weapons and paraphernalia. So I took it as something that either the person like wears or wields or you yeah. know that sort of thing. I didn't like Lazarus. Well, I guess the Lazarus thing like doesn't wear really or whatever. But I mean, you could actually. utilize it, but it's not something that you'd like take with you or something. I, you know, I, you know what I mean. So, but you can engulf but, yourself in it. 
Right. But no, I think it's a great choice, though, regardless. I, it's not something I would have thought of. But, yeah, that's a really cool it's a, it's a good choice because I've always thought that was a really cool concept. But uh, I like the Legion flight ring. That's something that's okay. always kind of fired my imagination from when I was a kid that, you know, that's you know one of the perks of membership in the Legion of Superheroes is that you gain the ability to fly by, a, a, you know, just by a simple ring that you wear on your finger and, and everybody gets one. So while there are and you get a that, ring and you get well, a ring, <laughs> you know, you got some characters that don't need it, you know, like Superboy or Mon-El or Wildfire or whatever that fly on their own. But then I always thought it was really cool that no matter how lame your power might be, like if you're bouncing boy or invisible kid or whatever, you know, or, you know, some of the other kind of lamer ones that you still have the ability to fly. It's just part of, you know, being a, a member of the Legion. I always thought that was cool. And I always thought that was like the first really, you know, at, at least to my mind, now I could be wrong. Maybe there's other like developments or whatever that, you know, are, are more of a milestone, but I, I always took that as like the first big upgrade that the Legion ever got that, that kind of moved them out of kind of the, the quaint and often kind of, you know, funny and janky, you know, we, you can look back at the Legion now, like from the, from when they first came along in the fifties and look at a lot of those early stories and, and, you know, the technology that they're using and it's, and it's kind of quaint and laughable and everything, you know, and they were flying, they flew right from the beginning, but they had like rocket belts. And that, that to me is always such a, that's a very fifties, you know, sci-fi or actually it goes much further back than the fifties, but you know, it's, it's a very dated sci-fi trope, but the flight ring that that's pretty cool. That's not something that's really been copied a lot in, in other sci-fi things. So I always thought that was a really cool concept, but yeah, that's my number five. All right. Moving on to our number fours. I would want, or, really enjoy the phantom strangers outfit with the 70s <laughs> disco medallion <laughs> that uh you know i don't think there's any yeah, powers but... to it it's just really cool uh, i would I, gonna, I would definitely I'm rock gonna that call, outfit i'm gonna call bs on you for that only because what? like you say there's no there's no inherent i mean it, yeah it's cool but his medallion actually i think does do something so i think you kind of you kind of you're backdooring it through a yeah, loophole. but it's a whole ensemble. You can't just wear the hat. <laughs> you know, you need the hat. <laughs> you you gotta have the hat, the cloak. You gotta have the cardigan sweater up to your neck. <laughs> Come on, man. But I'm trying to remember what his. I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure I've read at least one story his where powers his powers or whatever need actually to be does something. Well. Yeah, I mean, he's got all types of powers. He's, his powers are whatever the plot needs him to do, basically. I wonder and, if his medallion's the same one that McCoy winds up with at the beginning of Star Trek The Motion Picture. <laughs> pretty sure. In fact, I'm pretty sure McCoy is the Phantom Stranger. <laughs> does, that, does that mean he's a member of the Trenchcoat Brigade? Because I, uh, I believe the Phantom Stranger is a member of that. When I was doing my uh, uh, research into each item so all right so that's mine uh the phantom stranger outfit slash medallion okay my number four now going with the motif of villains uh i have it 
but I can also do the analog for the hero as well. Once you hear what it is, it is the lasso of submission oh. wielded by Superwoman from Earth 3. Ah. I just thought that was really cool. You know, I, it was my way of backing backdooring in Wonder Woman's lasso. <laughs> Well, we'll but, put them uh, both. Wonder lasso Woman's... of submission slash truth. Wonder Woman's lasso is on my honorable mentions list. I yeah, I always thought that was really cool. So, I yeah. like that it works on pretty much anybody, and I always get greatly annoyed when they do. I read a story not long ago. What was it? Was it was it deceased where she had somebody in it and it didn't work on them? Uh, I think I'm it was. Sure. I think she had. Maybe. She had like Dark Side or somebody in it, and they were like, you know, they treated her like a joke. They were like, oh, oh uh, yeah, cool. yeah, she, yeah. That's because he had already figured out the, yeah, yeah. That was that was how it started. Yeah, he was already like kind of laughing, and he was like, See, I, I, I don't like that. I like the fact that it works on everybody. You know, I always that, like w- when she used it like on Superman. Like if Superman went rogue or possessed <laughs> or whatever, that it would, have, you know, that she could actually, you know, bring down pretty much anybody. And a cool, uh, yeah. a cool moment. Even though I'm sure you know you wouldn't like the movie, but a cool moment in the Justice League movie is uh, you know Aquaman starts talking, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, I don't know what you guys are talking about. We have no chance here. We're all gonna die. Blah blah blah. And she's really hot. And it turns out he's sitting on the lasso. <laughs> they stole that, or at least uh, the the same gag is used because I always really liked it in um, is that in the, the Wonder Woman movie? animated movie? Yeah, where they go out to eat and it's accidentally like draped over Steve's foot or something, and he he says something about she's got a great rack or something like that. He he makes some okay. off-color comment. Like so that. I mean, it, it, it's I guess in its own way, if you're dealing with a lasso of truth, it's an it's an obvious joke to hit. Oh, but, absolutely. But it was well done when they did it in there, and I guess in in the cartoon as well. <laughs> What's your number four, Scott? All right, so uh, I'm I'm actually uh, very similar to Bill on this particular one. My number four is actually <laughs> Doctor Strange my... outfits. <laughs> it's it's very similar. It's actually the uh, mystic symbol of the seven. Do you know what this is? Oh, uh, is that from the Seven Soldiers? Nope. I do not know uh... what it is. The mystic symbol of the seven is that little it looks like a like a cross or like something you would see like maybe like on a medieval shield of the of like the Templars or something. It's that little disc thing that Dr. Occult carries around and Ah. it gives him all kinds. of. I mean, basically, it allows him to do pretty much anything Um, in his very first story. He used it to fight vampires. And but I've seen him use it for like flight and all kinds of other stuff. So normally that's the reason I don't usually like mystical, magical characters, because, you know, they have MacGuffins that allow them to do pretty much any damn thing. But I've always had a soft spot for Dr. Occult. I've always thought he was really cool. And uh, and the mystic symbol of the seven is just one of those like badass objects of the DC universe, because they can pretty much do whatever he needs it to do. So I just thought that was really cool. Hmm. So you were talking about the trench coat brigade. There you go. There's oh. <laughs> that's that's Doctor Occult. He wears a trench coat and a hat. <laughs> he, he basically looks like Dick Tracy carrying around a little mystic symbol. So mystic symbol. Yeah. That he needs it to do whatever he needs. Yep. 
so my number three is tangentially related to your number five, Scott, and because I did not know this until I did research. Did you know that the Legion flight rings are made from an alloy of nth metal called valorum? Valorium. Valorium. Yeah, valorium. I'm thinking that's a retcon, but y- yes. I don't um, know. That that was listed under the original. This is It's under the entry for nth metal. I don't know when it was changed or what it's citing, but that's what it's saying. That uh, That's what the flight. Let me look up Valorum and, Valorium and see what it says. So if, if so isn't that where the Chancellor was from? If I, <laughs> yeah. If I remember my... my Call for a vote of no confidence. Properly. Well, then maybe, okay, it says New Earth, so I think that is probably New 52 or Rebirth or something. So So what that is, is it's a nod to the original continuity because Mon-El, I believe, was the one that came up with the metal. I forget what it was called, but he he invented basically a metal that defied gravity, and that's what they used to make the Legion flight rings from. But then after the crisis and everything, when they had to fiddle around with Legion history, one of the people that presented them a problem was Monel because if Superboy never existed, then who the hell is Monel? And so they reinvented. Oh, that's they created the character Valor. Valor, right? exactly. Yeah. So Valorium is named after Valor. So yeah, that makes okay. sense. So yeah. my number three is the Anthem Metal, specifically Hawkman's wings and weapons, the wings which allow him, to, you know, the harness allows him to fly. And the cool kick-ass weapons that they ha- that that he carries. Awesome! Yeah, I almost put uh, Hawkman's mace on my list. I almost put it on there, mm-hmm. I, but I actually like Hawk Girl's electric mace from the animated series better. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Well, my number three is the Joker's Joy Buzzer. <laughs> I can I can Joker. almost I can almost I hear Caesar Romero laughing as I do it. As I think about it. <laughs> now, I, I've I been listening. Can... I'm going to just throw this in as a side story, and I have to try and uh, say it in a way that's going to be safe to listen to. <laughs> I've been listening yeah. sometimes. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried does a podcast, and it's kind of interesting. He does some interviews. I got started on it because he did one where he was – they were uh, looking back on 50 years since the first episode of The Odd Couple, which is my favorite show of all time. And they had uh, Jack Klugman's two sons on. And it was it was a fascinating listen. So I started listening more. And he tells this story about Cesar Romero. And he's trying to find validation that it's real. Because Cesar Romero was apparently of questionable uh, sexual orientation. <laughs> okay. And according to Gilbert Gottfried, he used to pay young boys and he would drop his pants and bend over and have them throw orange peels at his butt. Or or orange slices, excuse me. Now, I think that's the weirdest story in the world, except he's repeated it. In, as I've listened to the show, he's repeated it several times. He had Burt Ward on and asked him if it was true. And what was his answer? I can't Bert, answer that. Bert Wood was just like, I have no reason to know that that's, re- that that's true. But he didn't say, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not true. Yeah. It, it, just, it just boggles my mind. 
<laughs> is he trying to catch the orange slices? Not I don't know why thing. anyone could find that to be in any way sexually exciting, no matter what your sexual orientation is. Now, you, you've just ruined Civil War for me, because now every time Civil War, Giant Man shrinks back down to normal size and goes, does anybody have any orange slices? That's what I'm going to think <laughs> of. <now>. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, I got some in my pants right here. <laughs> that's worth ruining just for that reason <laughs> and just blame Gilbert Gottfried because it's his story I, and I, you know it, the, the thing is I'm not making this up he might be but I'm not <laughs> see I didn't I didn't realize that Gilbert Gottfried was still a thing because didn't didn't he get he got in some kind of trouble not long ago didn't he and, did he uh, yeah, who knows some, something he did something I can't remember what it was he did something and and you know fell out of grace with everybody because they they fired him from being the Aflac duck and whatever other thing he was doing at the time or whatever so I I honestly don't know anything about that and you know I I just like I said I, I caught wind of this odd couple tribute show that they did so I listened to that and then I saw he's got like a couple of hundred episodes and he's interviewed some pretty fascinating people. <laughs> So I, I went back Godfrey and fired his Aflac duck after. Oh wait, I'm trying to read the whole article now. After the Japanese tsunami, what did he say? He used the statement for his offensive tweets. Yeah, I don't Godfrey doubt it because he he doesn't seem to have any filter whatsoever. Right. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was. I was thinking that he he may have said something racist, but I might have been confusing that with Oh uh, my god. Kramer oh, from You know uh, what? I'm not even going to he felt embraced from. Yeah, I don't think I'm even going to really repeat. No, that's all right. I mean, I, I was just throwing it out there. You don't have, we don't have to divert. No, no, I, I didn't realize this. It's, yeah, I was Yeah, never mind. I'm not even going. <laughs> I didn't realize quite how distasteful it was. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. No. Uh no, thank you. <laughs> Fair all right my number three <laughs> brought the show uh, to a I'm screeching halt that, i'm glad that this is uh, is broader than i thought it was going to be because i really thought you guys might give me uh, grief about my number three but if bill can have lazarus pits then i think my number three is pretty <laughs> safe so my number three is skeets oh, uh pick skeets. skeets what's that i was gonna pick that 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 was one of the things that i thought about but i'm like no 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 no, that, that doesn't so that count. Like an, that so that would have been an honorable mention. Would have been. Give him grief. Give him grief. No, no, no. <laughs> I uh, I'm a huge fan of the original and strictly the original uh, Booster Gold series uh, from the what was that 80s, late 80s, and uh, and one of the things I always liked best about that was Skeets. He was this little robot that uh so basically the whole deal with booster gold if, if anybody listening doesn't know is that booster gold was this guy in the future who kind of screwed up his screwed up his life and became a he was a security guard at the time institute time museum something like that and gets the idea of going around this time museum and stealing all these different things uh to make himself like a superhero costume and then he steals a time bubble, comes back to the 20th century and sets himself up as a superhero. And one of the objects that he brings with him 
is uh, Skeets, which is basically Skeets was like a, I think he was meant to be like a, basically like a tour guide of the Time Institute or something like that. He was like a little floating Herbie thing the robot, knowledge, little little computerized, you know, tour guide, you know, source of information, almost like a floating uh, Wikipedia, you know, that could tell you things about you know, the, the time museum or whatever it was. Well, Booster had brought Skeets with him. And then, so during the course of that series, Skeets was like his, his partner. But what I liked about it was that not only was he this source of information and knowledge and, and kind of a teacher for Booster, but he was also a sidekick, but he was also, even though he was just a, a computer, he was also kind of a kind of a smart ass, you know, kind of a wise ass, and I liked that. And he, it was just, it was a fun dynamic between the two of them because he was a sidekick, but he was a very different kind of sidekick. And he even had the ability to, like, I think, think he could like project like force blasts or something like that. So you know, he had a little bit of power of his, of his own. But I always liked that character, and strangely, I never thought that they got him right again after that original uh booster series i mean he was seldom used again after that um but then the times i have seen him used after that series i, I just never felt like he was the same again they, they just never seemed to capture that magic again uh, of the original series but I, I feel that that goes for both booster and skeets to that effect but <laughs> but yeah i always like skeets i always thought he was he was a cool little uh piece of paraphernalia Paraphernalia. All right, on to no, on to the twos. I the first time I saw this object, I was very, I, I don't want to say confused. I think it was the first time that I even had any mention of it, uh, and it was, and I wasn't even sure if it was DC or Marvel because it was in the Uncanny X Men Teen Titans crossover, and that is the Mobius chair. Oh yeah. Because I was like, who is this guy Metron? And he just pops up in a chair and what's going on? So, you know, the chair has interstellar teleportation travel, life support, omniscience, danger and life sense, force fields, tractor beams. Uh, It'll protect the oh, oh, and it can also choose who's worthy and capable of using it. Uh, So, yeah, it'd be great to get up in the morning, sit in Moby's chair, get to work. And, uh, you know. Then you're done it today. You sit in a chair. Although I guess you can't get out of the chair once you sit in it. So it had the chair would have to be wide enough to go down the hallway. At work. It's, like, like the, it's like the simulated roller coaster. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. You said I can't get in a Mobius chair. That was your Mobius chair, Bill. <laughs> can't get out of the Mobius chair. I couldn't get out of the Webster. I couldn't get out of the fucking Mobius chair. Whoops! And it's an F bomb. Oh no. Uh, just because I was doing my Miles Dyson. <laughs> I remember we're going to put our foot on here. You think you could breathe in for a second, sir, while we try to loosen this bracket? Yeah, just go do it. It's okay. You know what's funny is that I'm I'm almost positive that that Titans X-Men crossover was, was my... by Walt Simonson. Yeah. I think that was my introduction to just about everything in that book. So I X-Men think, and new and fourth world. I, I think that may have been my first X-Men book because I, I didn't follow the X-Men at all. Oh. I may have seen them around and had a vague idea who they were, but I don't think I'd actually read a story of them yet. 
Oh, you mean just on just on the X Men side? See, I think for me it well, was exactly even opposite. with the Teen Titans. I I oh. I'm trying to remember when that came out in relation to where the Teen Titans were in their in their run. I, and I'm, I'd have to look that up. But I I, I, I think it it's after the Judas contract. I believe is it that far? I'm gonna look for a publication date. Um, oh, well, like Dark Side, I don't think I... Um, when was the Judas contract? That's way later. Yeah, I think it is later. Because Dick is Nightwing by Judas contract, isn't he? He, he becomes uh, Nightwing in the Judas contract. Yeah, so, yeah, he's still Robin in that crossover. Um, like Dark Side, I don't think I don't think I'd ever read anything with Dark Side. Prior to that, yeah, because I didn't understand what the source wall is, any of that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, huh? uh, yeah, what? Fortune offs. The source. Fortune. Oh, the source. Huh? Right, it's a bad joke. You're not familiar with the store Fortune offs? That was their uh, tagline that they were the source. Oh. Nope. All right. That one fell flat. When you got to explain the joke, it ain't funny. Do no idea what the hell you're talking about. All right, I'm looking up the comic. It keeps trying to take me to the film. Uh, da, 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 there we go. Judas Contract. Let's go to Mike's Amazing World. Issue began. Tales of the Teen Titans, 42, 84. Okay, so it is after. You're right. So, I, stand, yeah, I Judas, sit corrected. So yeah, because in that, in the other one, he's uh, Robin, still Robin, in yeah. the X Men Teen Titan crossover. But I, but Starfire's definitely in it. All right, I'm looking to see what issue of Teen Titans would have been concurrent with. Okay, this is where I came in. So according to Mike's Amazing World, when when the uh, Marvel and DC presents, which is the that's the official name of that crossover between the X Men and the Teen Titans, when that came out, New Teen Titans number twenty five and New Teen Titans Annual number one, which is a continuation of that story, were both on the stands. I started reading New Teen Titans at issue twenty four, but I don't think I'd picked it up yet. Because I'm almost positive that the first thing I read with both the the Titans and the X-Men was that crossover. So there's a lot of stuff I learned about, you know, both the Marvel and the the DC Universe for the first time from reading that crossover. So it's a miracle I was was able to read it and, and know what the hell was going on. What was what the Uncanny X-Men? Yeah, what, where Uncanny was the Uncanny X- X-Men at? Yeah, see, that's where I came in with them, too, because right about that same time, Uncanny X-Men Annual number 6, which is the crossover with Dracula, Dracula right? Yeah. was mm-hmm. on the stands. And I think, see, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I had, because, oh, this is I'm after the sure Phoenix had... saga, and then, mm-hmm. like, right I... around 150 to, like, before. Up yeah. into 160, or you know, in between that that time frame. Because for the longest time, the only X Men story I ever read, 
and it's still I, I think it's a huge reason why it's the, still my favorite X-Men story was was X-Men 159 and that annual and 159 was several months prior to this crossover but one but the annual was out pretty much at the same time it was just a few weeks prior so yeah all all of this yeah all of this was pretty much right about the same time but yeah I don't think I'm trying to remember when Hang on, I want to look up one other thing here. I'm trying to remember when the Legion had their story with... Uh, ah, that's happening at the same time, too. The Great Darkness Saga, mm-hmm. where the Legion fights Darkseid, was happening at the same time. Legion of Superheroes 293 was on the stands at the same time as this crossover. And I don't know if they had revealed yet and by that issue that that's who they were actually fighting. But that that is the big bad in that story. But I'm not I can't remember which issue. Well, Darkseid's face is on the cover of 294. So I'm thinking it's either the, you know, during 293 or in 294 itself that he's revealed as being the big bad. But uh, but yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. All of that was was all coming together. It was like a lynch to get people interested yeah. in the other stuff. So like Dark Phoenix is the is the bad you know the is the Marvel bad guy mm-hmm. in that you know because it's always you know the the two hero you know heroes or hero teams crossover but then they always have to pick a bad guy from each universe and, and Dark Phoenix was the uh, the Marvel bad guy I had so it was my first exposure to Phoenix it was my I'm pretty sure it was my first exposure to the um, parademons and i didn't even know if they were if they were a marvel or a dc thing at the time you know, the first exposure to like the source wall yeah all that stuff so yeah there's a lot of heady shit that happens in that crossover and here i am reading it for the very first time so yeah because i remember yeah. one of my friends was was like hey you should read this and i was like oh what's this and i don't think i i don't i didn't know anything about the titans and i knew a little about the x-men and it's just like, oh, no, my little mind. <laughs> I was just reading. I'm, re- I'm working my way through right now. I uh, I finally it's it's literally taken me years to score this, but I finally scored a copy of the Legion of Superheroes Companion, uh, which tomorrow's published back in like 2003. Um, it ain't cheap. But, it, you know, I finally got a copy, but I've been reading it and really enjoying it. And I can't remember if I if I'd ever heard it before or not. But while I was reading that, there was a, a they were talking to somebody in there. It was either Jim Shooter or Paul Levitz or somebody that there had been a lot of talk about doing um, a, an X-Men Legion crossover. And of course, that never happened. But it, that would have been really cool. But they they ended up doing uh, Legion Titans, which or, excuse me, uh, X Men Titans rather, which was awesome. It was really really good. But um, I, I think the X Men and Legion could have been that could have been really something too. Because man, as good as New Teen Titans was during this time, uh, Legion was was definitely firing on all cylinders as well. That was that was a really good book during this time. Yeah. Definitely. So my number two goes directly to the creation of the JSA, the Spear of Destiny. Oh, 
I was wondering if I when you, thought. I thought you were going to have that on there, Scott. Oh, I should have thought of that. Yeah. That's why I purposely of... stayed away from it. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty sure Scott's going to pick the spear of destiny. Well, see, Paul, Paul thought we were just doing villains and mm. I was thinking strictly heroes. So yeah, there, yeah, that works. But yeah, that's a well, good one. Paul. Wasn't the that's... spear of destiny. I mean, it was, it was wielded by Hitler. It was just wielded uh, by whoever. But, but then it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't it later evil. repurposed for some, like by somebody good? A letter opener. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am trying to remember. I'm blanking, but I want to say it did come up in a later story, but I, I'm completely. It was Alfred's blanking. letter opener. <laughs> that's what, right. I mean, that's my memory is that Hitler, Hitler, Hitler wielded it. And that's the creation of the JSA, uh, but that it was later brought back at some point And it was actually used by a hero for some purpose. Oh, wait a minute. Was that really the, for the creation of the all-star squadron? Or am I confused? I think it's, I think we're almost in the six of one half a dozen of the other. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. The sphere, oh, not sphere. That would well, be the, the sphere of there. Destiny. It was there at the beginning. You know, when you start reading All Star Squadron, it, it gets introduced pretty darn quick because Roy needed a reason why all these heroes banding together. Why in the hell wouldn't they just go stop Hitler? Mm-hmm. And that was that was his thing, and you know. I, I was I was tempted to say MacGuffin, but I, I don't think that's really fair to call it a MacGuffin because I, I think it actually was a pretty clever explanation for for why you know they they couldn't stop him, why they couldn't just go over there and you know a, clean up, especially a literal dosex dosex machina. <laughs> <laughs> However, you say that, yeah, <laughs> dosecki s machina. What? We'll go with Deus. <laughs> That's a good choice, though. Oh, yeah, sorry. I always like this. My bad. So, I mean, if you if you had to come up with an explanation, I mean, you know, you could do worse. So, oh, absolutely. I know. thought that was that. You know, they they set the ground rule, and then you just had to stick stick with it. You know, it would eliminate any temptation to have them go on any kind of undercover mission in Germany or anything. But beyond you know, that, it's, it's you know, it's it's makes perfect sense. What's funny, though, is that, you know, we I was going to say everybody remembers we, we comic nerds remember we remember the spirit destiny and the spirit destiny is the one that became, you know, quote unquote famous. And that's the one that's you know been used in so many stories. But there were other objects, too, because either um, Stalin or who was the other guy? To- Toho um, had the. um um, oh, what do, you, what do you call it? The chalice, the um, Holy Grail. Holy Grail had the Holy Grail, and then I think there was a third. I think they each had an object, and I can't even remember what the the third object was. The if Holy there was, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there was a third object. I just don't remember what it was. But the one everybody remembers is the Spear of Destiny, and that Hitler had it. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm almost positive that the other ones had an object of their own as well. I, I, I all that. I'd, I'd have to go look it up though. It's been a long time since I've read that. One of the, one of the things I like about that, you know, conceptually is it's it's something based on. I don't want to say based on reality, but it's based on you know true stories of, of I, Jesus, and uh, 
you know, that's the the spear of destiny is the spear that was used to pierce Christ's side by the Roman right. soldier. So it's not just something that right. the comic book people came up with. You know, it's it's akin to, you know, mythology or, you know, religious artifacts, you know, like you said, the Holy Grail, uh, you know, whatever else they might choose to, you know, to, to appropriate for comic book stories. Uh, and I don't think it's done so in a uh, disrespectful way. You know, it, it's kind of, you know, the legend of the spear. And I, I kind of like that, right. that they, you know, that they've worked it in to comic book mythology. Well, also, um, if if memory serves, now they, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think they ever picked one and said, okay, this is this is definitely the definitive origin. But I remember when they were playing around with um, the Phantom Stranger. There's there's that one issue of Secret Origins that gives you multiple origins for mm-hmm. the uh, the Phantom Stranger. The one that I always liked best was that he was the wandering Jew. He he was the one that had um, done, had something to do with, with Jesus's crucifixion. And, and this is my shitty memory at play, but if I remember right, I, I want to say he was the one that actually did the piercing, that he was the one that took the spear that eventually would become the spear of destiny and pierce Christ's side with it, I think. So well, we, we recently covered, uh, when you, you weren't available one day, we recently covered uh, Phantom Stranger number zero, was it, Bill, or number one? Yeah, yeah, it was zero. It was the recent retelling of his origin, and I think we discussed it. In that one, he was Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but, his, he, he didn't have the disco medallion, but he has like a silverish necklace, and it's the 30 pieces of silver. And as he does a good deed, he loses one of the uh, pieces of silver off his necklace was like the retelling of the in the recent rebirth of DC. Yeah, and and when we did that we actually, you know, did a little bit Re- of a re- reference of the uh secret origins versions that there were the three different versions and we mm-hmm. we kind of just, you know, quickly gave uh you know, a breakdown of them. But you weren't so available. Have... You were on you were on uh assignment. Um sorry. <laughs> so I had to look it up. And it's in All-Star Squadron number four on page 17. The Dragon King, who uh, has been featured on uh, the Stargirl show recently. Paul uh, hasn't got there yet. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler. Is, he's talking now. about. And he says, um, in anticipation of such retaliate, retaliatory action, he's talking about Pearl Harbor. He says, the high command has sent me here to deal with them, meaning the uh, the All-Star Squadron, um, through science and through magic. And he's talking about, uh, he says, let's see here, but the real basis of that power is magic. The magic of the artifact, which the traditions of the foolish Westerners call the Holy Grail. Um and according to this, Tojo has the grail and Hitler has the spear. And I'm looking here. I'm just doing a quick cursory run through. I'm not seeing any mention of a third item of Stalin, but I'd swear that each of them had an object. 
but I, I guess I'm wrong about that. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Hitler and the, and the spear was enough to protect Italy as well, since they're in relatively close proximity, I guess, to Germany. I guess. They had the Ark. But anyway, my, my point was is that it wasn't just the spear, that there were other objects <laughs> at play. But for some reason, the, the Holy Grail seems to be kind of forgotten in the mix. Well, Dragon King, uh, isn't that a song by ABBA? <laughs> Dragon King. Yeah, no? Okay, never mind. Oh, yeah, you can dance, you can slither. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whose turn is it? Uh, you, you, my friend. Number two. All right. Who does Here number right. two work for? Number two. And I have a feeling I might be I might be stepping on Bill's toes here. I'm hopefully not. I only got one left. But well, I I was thinking you know weapons slash paraphernalia. I I would be remiss. You may, if, but you may not. But we will see. Okay. Um. So my number two is the gravity slash cosmic rod. Um, nope. You know, that was invented and, and wielded by Starman and then later uh, the Star Spangled Kid and later Jack Knight Starman and uh, and eventually Star Girl as well. But uh, oh, is that what I the... always thought that was. Oh, that's right. That's the cause. Oh, but they call it the Cosmic Staff in the show. Yeah. OK, yeah. gotcha. It started out as the as the it's it's been the term's been used interchangeably both cosmic and gravity you know gravity rod cosmic rod uh, cosmic staff because it, it went from being um you know basically a small little handheld object to by the time Jack Knight was wielding it you know it was this it was you know a, a full staff uh, but it's it's basically all the same the same uh object but i always thought it was cool especially the in the staff form i always i always thought you know jack knight's look was really really cool of just you know having the the aviator goggles or whatever they were in the in the jacket and then you know flying around with that staff was always really cool but you know it's another one of those objects you know much, much like the the mystical you know the mystic symbol of the seven that seems to be able to just kind of do whatever it needs to do for the sake of the story. But sometimes you can forgive it if it's, if it's done cool enough. And, uh, and I always thought the, the cosmic staff was pretty cool. So there you go. That's my number two. Well, so that means I've only got one left. And for me, so remember I said, I wanted to tie these all together, right? So uh, I've, I've got myself a Lazarus pit. I'm rocking the Phantom stranger outfit I can fly around with my nth metal. I can get around with my Mobius chair. And I think if there was a power ring I would be associated with, it sure as hell ain't willpower in green. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just a little too heavy to have willpower. But I think I could rock a red power ring and be capable of great rage. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so for me, you know, I'll be vomiting up my blood plasma and doing energy, you know, my my rage plasma, and creating my force fields and flying around and have rage absorption and infection and rage transformation and rage empowerment, and rage telepathy and blood portals. And that's me all day wrong, all, all, all day, all day long, <laughs> all day wrong. My red, me and my red power ring. 
That's 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 mine. That's my number one. My red power ring. Ah, that's. <laughs> I think so, you've said it all. <laughs> so, I don't know if your other guys have any power rings. Yeah, yay or nay. I had the yellow power ring as my one of my honorable mentions. So if if Scott, how about you? What's your number one? It's not a power ring, is it? Well, even if it is, I don't care because I'm sure you didn't put red red for rage. Or did you? So the yellow power ring was your number one, Paul? No, no that was an honorable no, no. mention. Okay. No, you, you go ahead with your with your number one. Well no no. I wanted to ask Bill wasn't what, finished with his number one yet. What 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 oh. um so like if you had to associate yourself with the power ring, what would it be which color of the oh, spectrum which, would it which be? Which color? Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna sound like such a such a old fuddy duddy fart, but I don't know I, what y'all I, 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 I want green. green. You know, I like classic <laughs> green. And what did you say? So I want green. <laughs> I like the green. You know, it's the classic and everything. And I like the idea of the yellow because I like the idea of there being an opposite number. But I, they lost me when they did the whole rainbow thing. I just thought that was kind of silly, to be honest with you. Well, you got uh, yellow instills fear. Red is rage. Orange is greed. Um, yeah. White is life. Black is death. Sapphire or what? The star sapphire was what? The purple and that's love. That's love. And then there's blue, which is hope. I think, I don't know. I think you would be a hope. All right. All right. I I just have so many problems with that. For for one, you're just muddying up the, the mythos at that point. You're just cluttering it up with a bunch of nonsense. But then also, where were all these colors for the, the, you know, all the years that, Green Lantern existed until all of a sudden Jeff Johns or whoever it was came up with the idea of the the multi-spectrum core. Hey, I think it really kicked some new life into it because I mean that's something that had kind of gotten a little stale. But then my my other biggest problem with it is the Green Lantern core and you know if you're going to include all these other colors of of lanterns, you know the red and the orange and all that you know, it's it's multi-species throughout the entire universe. Well, right here on Earth alone, we have species and creatures that see in spectrums beyond, you know, what's visible to us as human beings. So it's funny that this core, or whatever you want to call this, multi-core exists of colors that are only visible to the human eye. You know, why isn't there the, you know, the Schmerge lanterns? Because they see the color Schmerge, you know, and we don't see that color. You know? I see plenty of you know Schmerge. What I'm saying? So it just, it seems kind of, kind of. Hey, I don't know, look, kinda... Neil deGrasse Tyson, just keep your blanket science to yourself. Next, you'll be talking <laughs> to me. You'll be referencing and you'll be, le- you'll be lecturing me about goddamn reindeer. So just shut your pie hole. I'm the Schmerge lantern. <laughs> Don't make my rage come out. <laughs> oh, well, well, those reindeers couldn't have antlers anyway, because at that time of the year, the males don't... Shut up! Stick to space, asshole! There's much anger in this one. <laughs> Sorry. I can was, see why not... he's wielding the red lantern, yes. Oh, oh man, I wish I had the red ring. <laughs> you make me so mad. So... My number one, and I, I really thought that somebody else would have this, but my, my number one should be introduced by Frozone. I think you, you probably know Ooh. what it is at that point. 
Because it is Lex Luthor's super suit. I didn't even think of that. I I considered that actually. Yeah. I'm I'm a little surprised. I figured somebody else would have it. But uh, I I just you know I just always thought that that was I I know a lot of people like the uh, you know the businessman Lex Luthor or the mad scientist Lex Luthor, but I always liked the super suit Lex Luthor, and I think it's probably largely because that was the Lex Luthor when I first started getting into comics. Right. So you know that's the one that that caught my imagination back then, and I just think it's always so cool, cool when they have a callback to it. Every once in a while. Definitely. Love that super where's, suit. Where's my super suit? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Captain Cold's uh, freeze gun for a second. Yeah, I did too. And you said Frozone, yeah. Or Mr. Freeze's. Mr. Free- I like. I love the sound of Mr. Freeze's uh, freeze gun on the, on the Batman animated series. I always thought that was the coolest sound. All right, we got one left to not double anything up. All right, you guys know me pretty well. Can you guess what my number one is? I was going to say Kryptonite. Or you, something You're in the right ballpark. You're uh, in the Supermobile. Right well, that was my next one, the Supermobile. Well, see, I didn't think we, we could include, like... Oh, okay. Well, I got a chair. <laughs> Why is it so fitting that you have a chair? You're in the right ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) The Eradicator. Well, no, he's not a paraphernalia. You're getting warmer. Brainiac. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, oh, what? The black suit? Superman's black suit? No, you're getting colder now. Colder. Colder. Ice cold. Ice cold. Uh, hmm. Paul, you gonna throw your guesses out there or just make me the guinea pig? I'd rather you be, make the stupid guesses. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm honestly trying to think of other things. Obviously, it's a Superman-related item. Maybe the Superman robots. Yes. Nope. So my number one. This is the only one that came like immediately to my mind as soon as I, I read, you know, weapons and paraphernalia. I thought, oh, of course, would be. The Phantom Zone Projector. Oh, oh yeah, we should have gotten that. I have just mm-hmm. always thought that, you know, not only is the Phantom Zone just a, a really cool concept and, and, you know, just, you know, just one of those things that's always, always fascinated me. But the Phantom Zone Projector is just such a cool thing, too. Uh, and I, I love how it's evolved over the years to, you know, just simply being, you know, this ray that sends things to the Phantom Zone or pulls it out to where... You know, eventually there was, you know, like on the animated series, you know, there was the little viewer where you could not only, you know, send things in or pull things out, but you could actually look into the zone, you know, kind of combining both the the Phantom Zone viewer and the Phantom Zone projector into one, you know, object and everything. But I always thought that was cool. And I, I liked when Superman, you know, would get in a jam and sometimes that was his only way out was to, OK, I, you know, I can't deal with this threat, so I'm just going to zap them into the, the phantom zone so yeah it came you know it came in handy I, I didn't think they ever overused it i didn't think it, it became a crutch or whatever and you know there's there's at least a couple of stories where you know it was it was used to really great you know dynamic effect you know while i don't think it's the greatest superman story that's ever been written you know the uh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow i mean that's that's the resolution of that story is you know the phantom zone projector is how superman uh, you know, resolves that whole 
you know, that whole dilemma. So, yeah. Yeah, Phantom Zone Projector. So, I don't know about you guys. I only have one honorable mention left on my list. I, I didn't put a lot of them on there because I didn't think I would personally have a whole lot of overlap with you guys, but I did have a couple of things on there. Um, but the only one that's left that we haven't talked about is uh, Miraclo pills, uh, the little pills that uh, that our man would take mm. to get his hour of power. Now, they would eventually use you know different things they you know, they, they made it a ray and uh, and different things like that and eventually became that like a, like an hourglass type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I forget when that came into effect. I don't remember if that was with the Android or, or whatever, but, you know, it's mutated over the years. But I always just like the, the simple concept of the pill. You know, he'd pop a pill and, you know, for an hour he'd be basically Superman. I always thought that was a really cool concept. Hey, can't you do that nowadays? Oh wait, sorry, that's that's something. <laughs> if it lasts up to four hours, you might have a problem, and you should see your doctor. <laughs> it lasts longer. <laughs> Little blue oh, hour glow pill. <laughs> so I, I had two. Uh, I, well, I had three honorable mentions. One was the yellow ring, which we already mentioned. Uh, the other two were uh, penguin's umbrella, which. I didn't really think it was the coolest thing, but it was the first thing that came to mind when I was trying to think of stuff. Right. So that you know that that just jumped out at me. Uh, well, and then the, the other I thought of oh sorry go ahead. I, the other one I had on my list was kind of the uh, which I thought was just take, taking it up a notch with War World. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought about that and um, not related to it, but um, Batman's utility belt but i thought ah it's too obvious yeah see that was mine i i actually did think of the utility belt i thought of the utility belt and i thought of the batarang as well and i thought for sure one of you guys would have uh one or or both of those on your list so i i didn't even bother to maybe i I would have if i didn't think we were just doing villains (laughs) (laughs) sorry paul i don't know where you got that from because i look back in our text and there's nothing there that says specifically to villains you know where i got it from my own imagination that's where i got it from Maybe you took too many of them blue pills. <laughs> but uh, that's, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. You said you had one too, Bill? No, that was it. Uh, the utility belt um, was was per- pretty much that in the battering too. So. I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those shows where I'm going to listen back to it later and I'm going to think of like 50 different things that I should have said, you know, should have thrown out there. But uh, Well, I think those will be worth yeah. putting up when the episode comes up on, uh, you know, on, on, on the feed and then you, you know, when it's it'll be there on the web page, on the Facebook page. And I meant throw to anything say. else you think of. Yeah, throw anything else you think of there. <clears throat> so well, we always have in the future we could have um, – you could do it for DC, and I mean for Marvel, and then maybe for uh, independent comics might be hard. But I've already got a couple ideas for the indie. I'd have to think. I don't know. I'll, I'm sure I'll come up with something. Yeah. So yeah, we 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 can make three shows out of this. Oh yeah. Oh, sure. over time. I mean, we could do Marvel next, or we could just wait a little bit. Man, uh, it, uh, I guess you know what? We'll have to see what our time crunch looks like. But yep. Yeah, anyway. But that'll so, do it for DC gadgets. Do we? How much time do we have? Do we? Oh, do we want to cover any mail? 
we do have a, a decent amount of mail in the mailbox, and I was just thinking that I'm kind of tired. Uh, okay. But uh, I was thinking we have enough that maybe we should do an email show coming up. Oh, okay. All right. Because there's mm-hmm. a Logan's Run yeah. in there, one from August, so. Yeah, no, we, we, we're we terrible with the email right now. <laughs> but if you guys are game for, for an email show, then we could do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like I like hearing our feedback. So if, if you have an email that you've sent to us recently uh, and you've been saying, why haven't they read it? Tune in for that show. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll read it. Or maybe it got lost in the ether. But at least you'll know. Meanwhile, we'll see you next time. Stay in your lane, Tyson. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. You know, I like the cuddle. Oh, great. There's another clip for you.